We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple of Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 159 On this episode, we have some news on recent cancellations and uh, renewals And then we will be discussing uh, the latest episodes of Parks and Recreation, Fringe, Grimm, Ben and Kate, Happy Endings, New Girl, and The Mindy Project. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 159. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I am Kate from The Televerse over at Sound On Sight. And I'm Kyle Dolan from NoRuins.net. Thank you both for joining me this week. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having me back yet again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're uh, if you listened all the way through to the end of last week's podcast, you're you're probably going, uh, Kyle's not Daniel, and you'd be correct. <laughs> I <I'll> never leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks uh, doubly to Kyle for stepping in uh, for somebody who had to uh, unfortunately drop out this week. So, uh, we'll jump on to uh, to the news segment. And we've got uh, a, a bunch of stuff <laughs> happened this week. Uh, ABC uh, canceled uh, 666 Park Avenue and Last Resort. Uh, CBS canceled uh, Partners. Uh, FX has renewed American Horror Story for a third season. And Showtime has renewed uh, Web Therapy for a third season. So, uh, Kate, any uh, happy about anything? Disappointed about anything on uh, those cancellations or renewals? Well, I'll start with um, I'll start on the positive end of things. I, I still haven't seen uh, web therapy. I haven't gotten around to that, but I know I have some friends who really enjoy it. So I'm sure that's good news for a lot of people. They're very stoked about that. And also American Horror Story. It's you know it's not my cup of tea. I'm I'm just too much a scaredy cat to to deal with that. But I think it's really interesting that they're doing the single season, um, you know, limited storylines. So I think that, you know, seeing what, if they can come up with another interesting setting next season should be, should be kind of cool. So that, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that as much as that's, you know, like I said, not, not really my thing with American Horror Story. And, uh, I'm going to be a little malicious and be really excited that Partners is canceled because <laughs> that show's terrible <laughs> and all those wonderfully talented people can hopefully go do other things instead. Cause I do actually really like most of that cast, but, um, I, I I would care more about Park Six 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 Park Avenue. I thought it was kind of in the middle of the the pilot pack this year. I have only seen the the first episode. I'm curious what you guys think about that one. But I just you know again it didn't really grab me. But I'm I'm pretty bummed about Last Resort. But it's kind of hard to be overly disappointed just because I think we all pretty much saw this coming, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I I don't watch American Horror Story. Uh, I do think it is interesting, like you said, that they are doing. Uh, a different, you know, a, a different one season story, uh, and sometimes reusing some of the the actors and stuff like that in new roles. Um, and I I made it through two episodes of Partners, I think, before I was just like, "Yep, this is no good." And uh, <laughs> twice as many as me. Than I. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, I've been watching Six 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 Park Avenue, but. It's been, you know, it's been okay. I think the main problem with it is that it's just gotten interesting in, like, the last couple episodes. Like, they finally have 
delved a little bit more into what's going on and mm -hmm. you still don't really know, but it's giving you an idea that there is something The like the first few episodes were almost like, this is just a creepy place and you know, there's something weird happening, but there wasn't much really, it didn't seem like there was much working towards it. And then the last few episodes, they've dropped a lot of like story elements of, <laughs> of, of, of things that are going on. You're like, these would have been interesting early. Maybe more people would have been uh, interested in it in it earlier on because I think that was my main problem in the pilot. Was I was like, okay, that was, you know, that was all right. I wasn't even going to watch it after the pilot, but then you guys wanted to talk about it on this for one another episode that I was doing. So I got caught up, and now I've been watching it. So I'm kind of bummed that that's going away. I'm curious what you guys think about that. Um... That, that dilemma that a lot of these quasi-procedural, quasi-serialized shows find themselves in, um, you know, because normally networks, I'm sure, are, are just really shooting. They really want the, the more procedural part, uh, especially early on. It's uh, if somebody misses the pilot or the second episode, they can still jump on before they get into the, the perhaps more interesting character bits and things like that that will be coming in uh, some more serialized elements of the show. But in this increasingly cancel happy network landscape. I mean, I think actually this season the networks have been restrained. I, you know, we only got what one show that was canceled particularly quickly. Everything else, you know, like in the mob doctor is still not canceled. <laughs> it seems astonishing to me, but I'm curious what you guys think about that. If you think shows need to jump, you know, if they can't afford to wait until episode five or six to start getting into that more arc, you know, structure, if, you know, or if, if, you know, I, I feel like they're they want to wait until they till later to do that, so that they can hopefully get as big of an audience. But by the time they get to that, as possible. But I feel like at the same point, if they just embraced a smaller audience that, that they have after the second episode, third episode, something like that, and started really just jumping in with the more detailed, the more grab you kind of storylines, then they would be able to keep that smaller audience early. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a probably a tricky place to be in as a showrunner. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. See, I, I think the, the nowadays with all the video on demand and everything is online, it should be easy for people to, if they, if they haven't seen the first couple episodes to be able to get those and watch those, like maybe they need to make those free for a while because people don't necessarily want to pay for it. But if they have all those early episodes up, then people can get caught up and, and keep watching. I mean, I think it, as someone who watches all these shows, I, I prefer it to just get right into it rather than the whole repetitive pilot thing over and over again to try to hook other people. Because I, I know I'm in the minority, but I, I set everything, every pilot to record and, and watch it. But I know that's not possible to assume everyone does that. We do that on the Televerse, too. We watch all the network pilots, at least, and it makes it, it makes a couple weeks a year a slog. But, um, but I remember with uh, with Dollhouse and with a couple other shows that I, I was interested in, but it really it took a while to get going. You know, I, I, when I, there are only so many times you can say, okay, yes, yeah, so you have to like with Buffy season one, where for a major percentage of the audience who watches that, some people just love it immediately. But for a lot of people who watch, you have to say, okay, you have to watch season one, but you just have to kind of get through those twelve episodes, and then it gets good. Like it's kind of hard to argue with someone you know, that they should put six episodes, you know, six hours of their life into a show. And, you know, when it hasn't 
gotten good until that sixth episode. It hasn't really grabbed you until, you know, later in the season. I wish more shows would would just dive. It's what's that quote? Um, I forget who said it about how most uh, movies you can just cut off the first 10 minutes. And if you started 10 minutes in, it'd be better or cut off a half hour and add a helicopter exploding or something. <laughs> It'll make every movie better. Um, and I kind of feel like that about the early episodes of a lot of seasons. I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's a couple things there is, is that I don't think, I think that networks keep doing it where they, they try to do the more procedural thing or whatever, but it's not working. Like <laughs> I keep seeing it. Like they keep trying this, like this is what, this is the idea. And, but for the most part, you have all these shows that, I mean, even something like Fringe, who, you know, has made it five seasons, there's really no real reason, like, from the ratings of the first season and what they tried to do in the first season, that really the show should still be around. <laughs> you know, like... No. <laughs> you know, that's like... There's just been, you know... Uh, I mean, Fox, is, I think, for the most part, has been doing a, a pretty good job of trying to rehab their their we we cancel everything uh type of uh you know outlook but uh i think for the most part it doesn't really work like i think if you have an idea for a show you just you've got to drop some of that stuff into you know into the first episode or the first couple episodes of of what this show really is don't try and and do one thing and then and then start dropping a lot more of the the details later on because all you got to do is watch shows and even even shows that are considered hits drop in their second week mm-hmm. you know ratings wise so you got to you've got to be able to advertise it properly to be able to get people to actually check it out the first time and then that episode's got to be <laughs> good it's, it's got to yeah. it's got to have something that grabs people and and so this idea of of not wanting to drop too much uh if that's what your show is mm-hmm. put the put the mythology into your show maybe that it'll be what ca- captures uh, uh the interest of people well the breakout yeah. hit this season right is revolution uh, at least amongst the you know the eighteen to what is it uh, forty five or whatever demo that's the the show that's gotten by far the best reception and that's a completely serialized show for the most part. Then I guess I guess on the other side you'd say Elementary has done pretty well, um, but I, I really think most of the procedurals the past couple seasons haven't really hit. And I think it's because people there are enough on, on right now that people have sort of found the one or two that they want to watch that is their particular flavor, you know, that they enjoy. Uh, and so I think until some of these standbys start, you know, wrapping up, we're not going to see very much interest in, in new procedurals. And so while they are such a reliable type of, of programming for, for the networks to try to shoot for, I feel like the people who want to watch procedurals, there are plenty of entertaining procedurals on right now. I don't think they're going to start, you know, picking up a new one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think, but I think for the most part, if you're going to do a procedural, just freaking do a procedural. Mm-hmm. And sure, add in, you know, in, make sure there's interesting characters within the procedural. And if you want to add in a little, you know, backstory elements and, and other things along the way a little bit. But, you know, you just pretty much go with 
I mean, that's what they're doing on elementary. They have a couple of interesting characters inside of, you know, they solve a mystery every week. Um, I think, I think the interesting thing of something like revolution is that they've, if they, if they've sort of found, they've, it's almost gone back to like the old, like a, a serial type of thing where they, you get a, you get sort of a completed mission each week, but it advances the overall story, you know, and they, but they gave you enough in the the first episode that you were like, okay, what's going on here? That mm-hmm. it was that there was enough that was interesting uh, to you know to continue to continue watching. I think Last Resort, for the most part, has has done that pretty well. But they just they're just uh, in a crappy spot. There's just something about that eight o'clock Thursday slot on. You know whether the show is good, bad, or indifferent. You know <laughs> nobody seems to tune into ABC at eight o'clock. Yeah, and I still don't understand what people are watching at that time. I mean, well, I guess there's Vampire Diaries. Most people are watching. <laughs> yeah, Big Bang I'm watching Theory. Vampire Diaries. <laughs> or yeah, then there's Big Bang Theory. But you have your DVR, so just delay it thirty minutes and watch, watch the uh, watch Last Resort. I don't know. Just uh, something like like Last Resort for whatever reason. Uh, just never, I mean, even the very first episode, it got, you know, it was pretty universally praised as mm-hmm. being one of the, the better or not best by most people, most critics or, you know, TV bloggers or whoever had seen it ahead of time. Uh, you know, so there was nothing but positives about it. And yet even the very first episode didn't do very well. And so when you start to drop off from didn't do very well, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think part of the problem with Last Resort is it is it continued to it it had a very compelling first episode, but yet also left you and for the most part has continued to left leave you in each ep- subsequent episode with the feeling of how does this continue, like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's it's been really that's... good, and I can and I'm seeing a little bit more, uh, you know, how they're going to continue. But you're like, how does this go more than a season? You know, especially since it's supposed to be a 22, uh, you know, episode season. I could see this. I could see it working more as like a 13 episode arc, and then they, you know, that takes you to a certain point, and then they come back. I don't even see that. I see this like the for, based on you know this what's happened this season on, on last resort. I feel like the the best sort of world for this kind of a show would have been like the British model of six episodes. Each episode, a lot of stuff goes down. Significant, you get significant moments, and then it's back the next year, and you get six more episodes. And who knows how much time has happened in between? Like, I don't. That was been one of my frustrations with last resort recently is that I feel like. Um, well, for, well, first of all, Andrew Brower is amazing, and the show—it's sort of like with Revolution and Giancarlo Esposito. The more stuff that Brower gets to do in an episode, the better the episode is usually. Um, but I really—I I feel like it's been an interesting experiment for Sean Ryan uh, because I feel like Last Resort is the first time we've really seen him do the love triangle thing or really have that more uh, mainstream approach to his younger characters and the the romance on the show and I don't think it's been particularly successful if I could just kind of chop out every scene of 
one of the characters pining for another of the characters. Uh, I think it would be a much tighter show. But I feel like a lot of Last Resort, I've, I've, it's, it's gone become sort of stagnant to me. Um, and it's just in the last couple episodes that it's been starting to pick up. So at least I'm, I'm grateful that we're apparently going to get 13 episodes, the full you know, original 13. And Sean Ryan tweeted out something about the other day about how they're going to have one hell of a finale for us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but no, as much as I wanted to really love last resort, I still, it's a good show. I still like it, but it really did not wow me the way I was hoping it would after that, that pilot. The, uh, like one thing about like last resort and some of these, like, which might be why people aren't tuning in is they don't want to get invested in one of these heavily serialized things only to have it canceled and have Mm -hmm. no ending and so do you guys know if if 666 and, and Last Resort, have they already finished all their filming of those 13 episodes? Or do they actually have a chance to go back and, and give these shows an ending? I don't know about 666, but at least based on what Sean Ryan was saying on Twitter and, and, and his response to the cancellation, it was that they're going to give us a... a hell of a finale so meaning I, I i took that to mean that they are still either writing or finishing up or that they are, are going to be able to finish it knowing that it's ending yeah we're going to get that uh, 13th episode that feels like a regular episode until the last five minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Start> pushing daisies <laughs> yeah well see that's why i like like the american horror story how they're doing that one a season at a time so they can they know these 13 episodes, this is going to be the season. They can do it all. They don't have to worry about, like, it's only 13 episodes, so hopefully you don't need to worry about being canceled before you get to air them. And you know you're going to get a, a full story. Yeah, I love anthology series. I wish more shows were, you know, did that. And the example that always comes to mind for me is the Nero Wolf show that was on A&E back in the 2000s, I want to say like 2005, something like that. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I love those, the you know, more, you know, Twilight Zone-y kind of shows. And, and the American Horror Story is taking like, a season-long approach to that. And I, I maybe with the success of American Horror Story, some other shows will start, you know, diving into that model. I think that there should probably be more miniseries should mm-hmm. show up on TV. I think probably more shows, even on network, should, you might, you might have a series that appears in the fall, but... It doesn't, and if it does well, it doesn't appear again until the next fall, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or, or you know, something that's even devised that you have a great idea, but it really is one season, and so you're just like, <laughs> you know, it, you just have, you know, it that it's not that it gets canceled. This was the this was its original intent was this is what we're doing, because I think everything being based on. We got to try and get an audience. Uh, we got to try and make something that's going to go for twenty-two episodes to twenty-four episodes, and and will run for five years or more. Is is kind of that every story idea works under that is ridiculous. Um, I think that the networks need to start trying other things. But I think the other thing with the you know. Maybe people are uh, people are always worried about starting in on a show and then it gets canceled. And I never reviewed a show that gets canceled early as that I've wasted my time. Like if I enjoyed the show, 
You know, like if mm-hmm. I liked it, sure, I'm disappointed that maybe I don't get an actual ending or something like that. But I don't necessarily feel that I've like wasted my time watching a story that I was, you know, interested in. Uh, and so I think sometimes there's too much of I'm just going to wait and everybody's sitting around waiting and then goes, oh, look, it got canceled. And you're like, yeah, because you're all sitting watch. around waiting <laughs> yeah. to see if it yeah. got canceled. <laughs> You're I don't like, understand that mode of waiting. It's a I, <laughs> self-fulfilling prophecy that yeah. you've helped to create there. If I waited on every one of these shows, come winter time, I would have no time <laughs> to catch up on all these shows. Well, and it's, I mean, it depends on how, what you're watching a show for, and so I, I think that has to do with a lot of why some people were very frustrated with the end of Lost because the show had basically lost them at a certain point, but they were still watching it just because they wanted to get to the answer that they thought it was going to be at the end. And so when they didn't like the answer, they didn't think there was one, depending on different people's reaction, they felt like they had wasted their time because they weren't watching it to enjoy it anymore. They were only watching it for answers. And so as long as you're still enjoying the process, I mean, that's why I feel like it's kind of crazy to watch a show just for like like, people watching revolution only because they want to know why the power went out. (laughs) I feel like, like if that's the reason you're watching revolution, then by all means, stop and wait till you know the show. Like, like, catch up on DVD. The, yeah, watch the, or watch the finale because or that... look it up on Wikipedia like a year later. You know, <laughs> the, the, I mean, it seems silly to spend so much of your time on a show that you aren't really enjoying that much just because you want to see how it turns out. That you're but... ultimately going to start complaining that they don't tell you anything about the <laughs> enough about why the. Like like the killing season one, <laughs> like the killing exact exactly like the killing. Uh, but season. I refuse to watch season two just to find out who the killer was, and I still don't know. I may end up watching it maybe if they do this season three on Netflix, but who knows? But oh, just dive in. I, I've 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 actually I'm a compl- I'm an utter completist. Like literally, <laughs> I've seen every Doctor Who ever, including the ones that don't exist anymore. Um, uh, and so uh, the. Uh, yeah, I've, it's been a new thing for me, but I have sort of jumped in on a couple different shows after not having seen the previous seasons, and I'm actually think it's working a lot better than I would have anticipated. So I think more people should just go ahead and do that and not be afraid that they're that they're missing out by doing so. I've done that this season with uh, with Parenthood, for example, and I'm so glad that I did, because I wouldn't have caught up in time, and I wouldn't be watching it. It would still be that show that everybody talks about that I don't watch. Um, but instead, I just jumped in, and it's, it's been great. So I, I think I think if The Killing Season 3 comes comes back, just, just read up on Wikipedia and just dive in with Season 3. Well, I don't think you'll, since they'll have finally solved the, the crime, you won't necessarily, it'll be a whole new thing. You won't necessarily need to have known what happened yeah. season two to start in on on the next one i think there are occasionally there are things there are i can see some of i don't totally agree with the like i've wasted six years of my life watching lost because they didn't give me the answer i can see being upset that you didn't get what you thought was coming because they really did you know when you just mm-hmm. keep dropping new types of weird things and stuff like that into it over time and you know why people are watching the show you know that to not give some sort of uh answers to things that were happening on the island is you know i could see being upset at that but then jumping back and going but some of those amazing episodes that you watch were a waste of time i think that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. um 
But then there's things like the killing, too, where everything pointed to you were going to get an answer at the end of the season. And so yeah. there yes. was. And so if you if everything points to this is what's happening and then you don't get that, I can see being, you know, then I can see being upset and feel like you've, you know, wasted, uh, you know, that you've wasted some time because with that one, because everything pointed to you're going to you're going to find out who killed Rosie Larson uh, at the at the by the end of the season. But then you didn't. Um, well, and also, I haven't seen the Killing Season one, but I, from everybody that I've talked to who has seen it, the the whole like last stretch of episodes were completely unsatisfying, and so that's you know, I, so they had pinned all their hopes on that finale, and then <laughs> yep. you know, <laughs> absolutely. But then you have something like Parenthood, where of course it's a continuing story of this family, but you can jump into a family drama pretty much any time. You know, at a certain point, you just go, "They're a family." They have issues. You probably have an idea of some of them, and others you will figure out as things go along. Yeah, and you'll just, you know, you can start in on season, you know, this season or any previous season, and it's it'll be, you know, it might take you a couple episodes to get the lay of the land because it, it does have a, a, a large cast. But, you know, for the most part, there are shows like that where you can just uh, jump in, and Parenthood definitely is a show that more people – I. That 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 is one of those shows. Parenthood, uh, like uh, Friday Night Lights, has been uh, so lucky to have been on during a period of time when NBC totally sucked. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, there would be no no reason that any you know that 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 show would be, uh, you know, have gone this many seasons uh, ratings wise. I mean, it does particularly terrible. Uh, on, on, it just doesn't do NBC terrible, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, it's you know that that's one of those. But I think uh, for the news, uh, last resort, I think is the is the main one. I would have liked to have seen it continue on for the for the most part. But uh, I think that's enough about that, and we'll jump <laughs> into uh, uh, the uh, prime time segment. And the uh, first show on the list is Parks and Recreation, uh, Season 5, Episode 7, Leslie versus April. So, Kate, what did you think of this week's Park and Rec? Well, I I always love Parks and Rec. It's always just somewhere on the continuum of like to love. You know, so even an episode that's sort of middling for me is on the like end of my television viewing spectrum. Uh, And this one I actually thought was, was a lot of fun. It's. I, I think one of the things that the season has struggled with was dealing with having April and and Ben uh, out in DC. I don't think that I mean I think that could have been done in a more successful way. I don't think it had to be a stumbling point for the show, but I think this episode highlights why it's great to have them back and especially April. I, I think that Andy hasn't been as entertaining this season in general because. April's, or I guess April hasn't been as entertaining, that is, because Andy hasn't been with her. And so to put her back into, you know, out of her only, you know, association with a character that we care about is Ben to, to now it's, you know, Leslie versus April, which is so much of what this episode is, I think is great. And seeing, uh, watching Leslie talk to, to Ron to try to figure out how to slow a more, uh, <laughs> slacker and focused version of herself down with, 
was particularly entertaining. And uh, also, I'll mention uh, I really enjoyed the stuff, um, the stuff with uh, Andy as to whether because like the the oh Andy's going to become a cop thing uh, made so much sense at the end of last season. But I love that they address actually he probably wouldn't be a good cop. <laughs> so, so I thought that that was good here in this episode. Um, and um, and. The stuff with Ben was, I think, made a lot of sense. But I, the the main question mark for me at this point is Chris. I'm still waiting to see what they're going to do with him. I feel like that's been sort of a big question mark for a lot of this season and even last season. So I'm hoping that they start to give uh, 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 Roblo a little more to do. But in general, Leslie versus April, very entertaining. I very much enjoyed this episode. How about you, Kyle? Uh, yep, same here. I thought this was a great episode. I, I, lo- I love the way how Leslie first goes from being this proud mother, like watching her, her student excel, to all of a sudden, oh no, it's it's attacking something that I want. Now all of a sudden she has to go against uh, April and how, how the two of them fight. Um, I also enjoyed how they brought back the whole um, Jerry-Gary thing with, with, um, <laughs> with him crushing. Is that even your real name? Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I thought it was great that they brought back that reference to that, and um, and just how Jerry is like treated so poorly by the rest of the uh, rest of the group. They they're like, we have to treat everyone with respect. Then he walks in, like, go oh, get out of here. And so I, I, I just an all around fun episode. Um, even um, I forget what I'm drawing a blank on his name. The guy's selling his clothes. Usually I can't stand him. <laughs> Tom. But, Tom. Yes. Uh, but. Uh, I, I mean, even his storyline, I thought was was pretty fun and interesting. Yeah, just the the point that he has the same basic size and frame of a twelve year old pony, and it's pretty great. That that was funny. I also thought it was funny that like this is the first time he's had like a real business idea that other people think is a good idea, but yet and they're all kind of stunned by that. Yeah, but like <laughs> everywhere that he goes, Ben gets a job offer. <laughs> you know, it was I thought that was a pretty pretty funny bit even down to the you know have you gotten another job offer since the last time i saw you he's like well actually <laughs> i got offered to be uh i thought that that was funny um but i really like the the april versus uh you know leslie versus april stuff uh, i think it shows it showed really well the growth of the april character from you know where you know, she started off and now almost that the uh, the sort of the slacker doesn't care about anything is she's like still trying to hold on to that. But yet she found something that she, you know, <laughs> that she cares about and was sort of working towards something. And and then seeing Leslie, you know, feel proud about that. But yet, wait Fair a second, button. this is my park. <laughs> I want to yeah. build a park here. <laughs> not Not you. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, that was that was a lot of fun. It definitely, get, you know, that was a great scene with Ron, uh, where, you know, or I just, you know, I take you out for waffles. I mean, those weren't friendship waffles. <laughs> they can be many. Yeah. Breakfast food has, can do many things. Uh, yeah. I thought it was just so great to bring it back to the, the park. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I feel like the, the last episode of the show has to be them finally building that park. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I love that that's something that in the background of most of the scenes in the office, you'll still see that, uh, that 
what is it? The thermometer yeah. thing <laughs> with the money. fundraising. Yeah, every now and again, it'll have a slight, you know, addition to the the, the park fund. Um, and I, but I, I do think I think my favorite moment in the episode is, was probably uh, Leslie and April making up. Just he was like, I love you too. I can't do this in front of her. Uh, was just to see April actually genuinely care about Leslie and express that is that's a huge thing for that character. I don't think we've ever seen that character actually say that she likes someone that isn't her husband. Uh, or somebody who's being vindictive. And then should we mention the the, the human farm briefly? <laughs> Moo. Aren't you ashamed to know you are? I, I saw that coming, but I still laughed at that line. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I think all of the growth that April had, I think somehow Andy regressed um, in this episode. <laughs> just, just a bit, just a bit. Uh, yeah, I I think they almost have – I think with Andy, they've almost bordered on making him, like, uh, too stupid in recently. Like, they've almost gone a little too far with that because, mm-hmm. like, he definitely – it's – he's, like, 180 degrees from where the – you know, where the character started as, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. to where he is now. They They hit on – you know, in sort of like into the second season that he wasn't super bright, but they've almost, like you said, the idea that he was going to be a cop would just seem like so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I mean, it provided some fun, like, like when he, when he was trying to exercise to be able to, to be able to run the amount of the right amount in the, in the right amount of time. And, and all that stuff, it's it's been sort of fun, but you're just like, how is this, how is this even possible? There's no way he could pass yeah. like, the test to become, uh, to become a cop. I think they've maybe gone a little too far uh, with that, but uh, but I think uh, the adventures of <laughs> of him as as a security guard uh, could be could definitely be fun. All right, I think that's enough about Parks and Recreation. And uh, we'll move on to Fringe, uh, Season 5, Episode 7, uh, 5 2010. So, Kyle, what did you think of uh, the latest episode of Fringe? I thought it was a really good episode. Um, we got to see uh, Peter is like slowly becoming an observer himself. Like for, first, we just get um, like he starts to take on some of those mannerisms. Like he's just uh, very like stoic, and his eyes are just staring straight, and he's not even like moving at all. And then we see him; he starts to use words like "that's logical" and and starts to like he just walks and stands right in the middle of traffic. So I think it's been really good the way they've been they've been transforming him into this observer, and I'm glad that. Um, like at the end, Olivia finally finds out. So, because I mean, we're running out of episodes, so she's got to find out what he did, and and just the way he talks to her about, like, just matter of factly, oh yeah, they had to die. I had to kill all those observers. I did this. He's just becoming like this really evil guy um, to get his revenge. So I'm interested to see how they how they bring him back from this, and and how they still complete their their mission of taking out the observers. How about you, Kate? 
Yeah, I thought this was a really good um, showcase for Joshua Jackson. I, I think he often is overlooked amongst this cast because, you know, Anna Torv is there being amazing every week. And so is John Noble. You know, John Noble gets by far the most uh, showy role. And he gets the most opportunity to, to just kind of really sink his teeth in, in, into Walter. And I, I think back uh, in the episodes at uh, the start of, I want to say season, I want to say it was season four, right? Where he was erased. Um, that we got uh, some opportunity for for Joshua Jackson to really you know expand the character and get to do more than I feel like usually Peter in the past his emotional moments have all been anger, and so we got to see him get a little bit more uh, when he was dealing with nobody remembering him, and I think this is a very different um, challenge for him, and I think he's really. Uh, rising to it and doing doing a pretty fabulous job. Um, outside of everything that Kyle that you said, I, I, which I agree with, it was nice to see Nina back. I enjoy Blair Brown, and I think both her and uh, earlier with Broyles, I think they've done a much better job aging up the characters uh, this time around than they did in you know last season in that flash forward episode. Uh, and uh, and so so yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I'm I'm very interested in what's happening with Peter and what's happening with Walter. I still feel like uh, like this show's going to have to have a magic reset button kind of ending. Like, I don't know if it's time travel. I don't, you know, I don't really see another way out. But unlike with most other shows, that doesn't bother me. And I think it's something we talked about earlier in the news section. It doesn't bother me because I'm enjoying the ride so much. I'm enjoying each of these episodes. So even if we get to the end and it's just sort of resolved by... Plutonium, go! Uh, I won't. It won't. I don't think it'll bother me because I, I have very much enjoyed each part of the process. The only thing I'm still not enjoying is I'm incredibly frustrated, and I say this every week on the Televerse and every week in my reviews. I'm very frustrated at how they're giving absolutely nothing to Jessica Nicole. Astrid is barely in the show at this point. I don't know why they don't. Honestly, I wish they would just kill her off because then she would at least get one scene one theorizes that would be interesting but apparently we found out this week she actually does sleep at the lab <laughs> at this point <laughs> so, let's give a girl something to do give the you know jessica nicole has proven herself on the show and it's so disappointing to see her go back to having nothing to do yeah she had that really good episode last year with her her double and then mm-hmm. nothing yeah, yeah the most yeah the most she's ever been given to do was was when they had the the dual universes and and she got to play the you know the other version of herself uh but yeah there hasn't been a whole lot uh, basically you know finding the next tape and watching it you know <laughs> and that's that's been that's been uh, what she's what she's been up to for the most part i don't know you 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 would like to see her maybe brought in a little bit more to what's going on, but then overall it's the last season and it's kind of it's probably kind of hard now, you know, after all this to, to start using her more than they ever have or something. Well, if she's not going to be used though, then don't have her around. Don't have her there serving no purpose. And I feel, it feels like at this point, the tapes are there to give her a reason to not be doing anything. So the, I feel like the tapes are just there so that they can say she's back at the lab <laughs> getting the next tape. <laughs> yeah, and why? I'm sorry. Why are there so many tapes if each tape is about thirty seconds long? 
and they're all in the same location. If they're all the tapes are in a stack in the lab, why did they need to have so many of them? I, I, I'm having trouble with the whole tape thing. Like, like why didn't he just uh, record one giant tape? Yeah, or why didn't I, like I assumed that they were going to be tapes in different places. They were going to have to find the tapes, and they. But if they don't, you know, if all the tapes are in one spot, I mean, I just I don't understand what the thought process was there. They said we need to fill eight episodes so they can Basically. find a tape an episode. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking the same thing when they first were talking about the tapes. I thought they were going to be spread across, like hidden throughout the whole world and they had to go and like find each of these and i was wondering how they were going to do that in 13 episodes with all the traveling around to find these tapes but well, I yeah think see- maybe that it may have sort of been was going to be that you know like there would be uh these separate tapes but he ended up you know ambering the lab to because it was going to be found before he could do whatever he was going to do but apparently they're scattered through the lab, so she can't just focus on the section of the lab that has the tapes. Like, I mean, really, they're not, they're just like ones on one shelf, ones, and there's like 12 of them or something? Well, Walter filed them, so that sort of makes sense. That's true. That is true. Point. <laughs> so, Point, Jason. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought this episode was, was really interesting in that they were, they gave you you know, with Peter sort of becoming an observer, they gave you a little bit of like what an observer sees, you know, how they react, you know, why they react the way they do and, and, uh, and stuff. But it was interesting to see, like, he's sort of turning into one, but yet still has his own purpose. Like it's not, it's not completely blanking out and, and sort of turning him into, one of them it's just a version of him but he's using like all those abilities to uh you know to seek his revenge uh that 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 hasn't gone away that that's still his driving force i i thought was interesting uh but it, but also uh interesting to give you uh, the perspective of of the observers uh, i thought was was good to see um and and Joshua Jackson you, especially over this episode, they showed a lot more of it, of the actual happening, you know, from the way, he, like you said, the way he was speaking, where he would talk about how, he, you know, he would give an explanation. He, he would mention that it was, it was logical that he would do that or, or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, all the way down to the last scene where he reaches up and some of his hair falls out into his hand. Uh, you know, I thought they were, they did a pretty good, uh, he, he did a really good job of, of that, especially that where he's just sort of focused in on, on the, uh, on the board and writing down stuff. And then the look of horror on Olivia's face and she's like, Oh my God, what has he done? You know, like what, what <laughs> what's going, what's going to happen to him? Oh my God. What, is, what have you done is possibly the most trite and, and overused expression in all of like genre mad scientist television and film and everything. But not only did Anna Torv nail that moment, but it was like the perfect, the, the pitching of that, that moment and the fact that it happens in this episode and not, you know, a week before the finale, like, you know, another show would, the way another show would stretch that out, I think was great. 
and, and so the fact that I'm sitting there watching, she just literally said, what have you done? And I like it. Well done, friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nicely done. <laughs> Elevating the cliche to uh, an art form. Okay, we'll move on to uh, the next show, uh, Grimm. Uh, season two, episode twelve, uh, season of the Hexen Beast. It's, uh, for, you for, I kind of forgot that it started so much earlier than everything that we're half a season through already, and won't be seeing any more of it until at least it'll be coming back in January. It's not. <laughs> it's not going to be gone till for four months. But uh, what have you uh, thought of uh, Grimm this season so far, uh, Kate? I've been, I've been enjoying it. I mean, it's one of those shows where I guess it's it's one of those, you know, it's the my particular flavor of procedural at the moment. But and and I do feel like almost every week there's at least one line where I'm ashamed of myself for still watching the show because <laughs> some of the dialogue is so terrible. Uh, you know, you know the even that that Halloween episode about the. Um, La Llorona or something like that. Uh, there were just a, a few scenes in there where I was just like, oh, God, I know, I'm sure it'll get better because I do usually like the show. But every now and again, I just want to like, just I want to spotlight of shame the writers on Crim every now and again. It's like you you guys are, are better than some of this dialogue. But I actually think this episode was was one of the best of the season. I really enjoy the character of Adeline Shade. And I'm glad that they have by when they took away her her vessenness or her witch abilities or whatever i'm glad that she is just as strong now if not more because she's pissed off um and just as much of a, a problem for them as she was before i love having that strong of an antagonist in the show and honestly i love that she's a woman there's a lot of strong women on this on this series you know be it uh, uh rosalie who i have been missing who's strong in a completely different way but also uh juliet i think is uh, uh, one of the best of that type of character, the girlfriend character on these kinds of procedurals. And uh, I also, of course, let's not forget uh, uh, Nick's mom, who's total badass at the start of the season. Uh, so yeah, I've been enjoying it and I'm actually really looking forward to talking about it with you guys because Simon, my co-host doesn't watch Grimm. So I kind of give like a 30 seconds about it each week, but I never really get to talk about it. So what did you guys think of this episode? I, I really enjoyed this episode. I like that we finally, uh, Nick finally learns about this whole thing between the, the chief and, and his uh, fiance. They're not married, right? Yeah, just no. his fiance. Um, so I'm glad that finally came out, except he, he still doesn't know about um, Renard's royalty and, and all that stuff. But uh, I, I'm, I'm glad at least they're making progress because for the last couple of weeks it was like. Like just, I, I was getting sick of that storyline, just of them going off for their romantic things and and no one knowing. The one thing I found confusing was that um, that Monroe didn't even know who the like. You would think he would know that that was the police chief and that he was the guy that he worked for. Well, you um, think I was, he wouldn't been like, oh, do you know that it's the police chief and he's a cop? Well, of course he knows that guy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that that felt a little far-fetched. One thing I really liked about, at the, about the end of this episode was the sorry for the for oh. the to be continued because I was amazing. literally groaning when I saw to be continued and then I saw the sorry and I had to smile. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, at least they apologize and it's not coming back until yeah, January. That, that that was classic. That was that was really good. Uh, but I think I've I've really enjoyed 
uh, this season of the show more so because they've actually delved into more of the mythology this season than they ever did in the first season. But yet, in this in this episode, it had some of the things that bother me in that you go with the, so who was it? Long, long pause. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, this is... All this is just so it just feel, it makes it feel too convenient, like that he he's not going to, you know, that he's not going to find out, you know, about the captain and and Juliet. You know, it's just all of that, all of that stuff in this episode was like a little bit too much. Like nobody, everybody would just not say that one little more thing that they. That would get said, you know, that like it would happen in all of these situations. In in and on that theme, was anybody else confused and or annoyed that Monroe doesn't mention the? Oh, and by the way, she said that he, this guy who came into the shop said that he had been cursed with some sort of obsession curse, as in, yeah, it's not I, you know, tiny detail that yeah, maybe you think you'd mention. I mean, he does mention. One time he does sort of say it may be something to yeah, do with the cat scratch or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, if he would have said, yeah, she came in with this guy that's been coming into the shop saying that he's, uh, you know, drawn to this other person and doesn't know why, you know. Type. Who was coming in? They were coming in to get it undone, yeah, you th- know. That, like- that detail seemed to need to have been mentioned like much earlier on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like he it glossed over. He had to literally make the potion to cure that. <laughs> to, yeah. So he was, knew very well what this what this curse was. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Well, he was bringing him in because he needed to talk to both sides to f- be able to figure out exactly what it was. But he knew that there was some sort of you know he had already talked to the guy about how these types of obsession type things can be really tricky. The way that he was talking about in the press, you know, episode about how it, it continually, it's only going to get worse and it can be really powerful and really dangerous. That implied it wasn't just like, oh, there's this girl that I like and I can't stop liking her. You know, <laughs> it implied that it was like a magically based thing that he had seen it happen before and that, like, I don't know, with Hank, when, you know, last season, you know, th- so, so it's not like it's something that they hadn't established Monroe knowing about in previous episodes. So I was. I was particularly frustrated with that. I also wish that, you know, it's one of the things we talk about on the Televerse. Uh, this time and I talk about how almost every show like this is better off when people just t- talk to each other and tell each other stuff. It's, <laughs> you know, a, a sort of communication and emotional pulling a home- homeland uh, where I don't understand why they're not just telling Juliet. I didn't understand it first season. I don't understand this season. Why? You know, because Juliet's a badass who saved uh, Nick's life at least once or twice through she threw that boiling water in the guy's face when he was breaking into their house. She's a badass. She can handle this. And Hank can handle it. Juliet certainly should be able to. And so all of the I mean, I really appreciate um, the performance that we're getting. Uh, oh, and her name escapes me at the moment from the actress who's playing Juliet. I, I really appreciate those. You know, the fact that she's really upset at people are just keep holding stuff back from her and not telling her what's going on and they know what's best for her. And I would be pissed off, too, and not really want to talk to them. So, yeah, I, I like that we're getting that side from her, but I, it just it doesn't make sense to me from, you know, Nick's point of view and Monroe's point. I was really hoping Monroe was going to tell her what was what was up when she came to his up to his place. But I, I just I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Just me or 
you guys no, what I, think? I, I agree with you completely. That's the other like first. I'm glad at least the relationship is out out now, and now that's the next thing that I want revealed is her to finally get involved in all of this world and understand what's going on in this world. Do you think they're going to tell her? Or do you think she's going to remember? Was she ever actually told completely? How would she remember? Monroe or, did the Voga thing. Yeah, I I wonder like because you're never sh- quite sure how much she really saw because she sort of like passes out like exactly when that's happening mm-hmm. and so you know maybe if he just did that it would like it'd totally snap her back into 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 remembering since she she seems to be sort of remembering certain things i love how she like uh remembers that she went to dinner with hank and adeline <laughs> but doesn't remember her yeah, we wanted double date. oh yeah I, we wanted the double date and i was by myself <laughs> yeah I do, or I even do. that that somebody's aunt came to stay with her but she didn't remember who yeah <laughs> it's nick's aunt oh yeah that would make sense yeah, yeah. Uh, i think for the most part not telling her sort of makes sense for a while uh because you know she didn't remember him at all mm-hmm. and stuff and so but after a while uh i think that that definitely needs to be you know, fixed here uh, soon, but I think for the most part, they've done a pretty good job of with that storyline of making it, you know, pretty, uh, you know, a pretty good way to keep this character around uh, for another and make them feel like they're part of the actual, you know, the, the goings on of, uh, of the show. And separating it out from all the amnesia, you know, storylines that so many different shows have done. It's it's a new way to do it's amnesia. The, it's the best one ever. <laughs> Only have forgotten. You remember it, exactly everything except for this one person. I think that I think that that's actually like where they can be completely stupid with a line of dialogue or drawing something out with where people just decide they don't want to learn something or <laughs> or whatever for no other reason but to keep it so that he, Nick doesn't know uh, so that you can have the, so that you can have like the reveal at the end of the episode uh, for all that sort of like lameness they also have like the brilliance of uh, of this amnesia of it only being this you know you remember everything except for one person I think that that's been brilliant well, and it feels so perfectly Adelindy, you know. <laughs> that feels like the particular kind of. I believe they call her witch in this episode, but it's not the word that Nick actually would have used. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the perfect kind of. You know, she, you know, she would love that uh, that particular, just you know, torment or poisoning or whatever. Well, yeah, they had the whole conversation with the cat. She's like, "Oh, is that when it started happening?" And she, <laughs> she's just having fun because she knows the truth and and just playing with her. Mm-hmm. I think I think Edelyn's a really fun villain. I look I look forward to to more from her. And they've also I think they've done a good job not overplaying her and and giving her enough time away from you know over the course of the last couple seasons that you know I think that that would have been an easy thing for them to fall into, but they haven't. Overall, it's a, it, you know, it's an enjoyable, you know, Friday night show. Okay. Speaking of enjoyable shows, we'll move on to, uh, some comedies here, starting out with, uh, Ben and Kate season one, episode seven, uh, career day. So Kyle, what do you think about Ben and Kate? 
it's a, another one of these shows that I don't know why people aren't watching. I just find it to be a lot of fun. I mean, I like it just like the characters just feel natural. And I like this whole brother sister relationship at the forefront, which you don't see in pretty much any comedy, maybe back to like friends when you had Monica and, um, Wow, my blank Rock. mind. Uh, and, and her brother? Yes. <laughs> and her brother. <laughs> yeah, I should have just said that. <laughs> um, I like the whole, in this episode, I like the whole uh, crockpot analogy, how they're describing her um, her flirting with Will and how she's trying to slowly build her relationship. And then the, the whole, oh, you turn up the flame too fast and it ruins it. And um, I, I, think the, the, I think it's just a lot of fun. I, I like having... Um, uh, the guy who plays Will on the on the show now, um, like it, he was going to find her. It's good to see him on this show. Um, but yeah, I, I think this show is just a lot of fun. I, I love the the relationship, especially between Ben and Kate, and also with uh, Maddie. I think that's she's a lot of fun. Uh, the dog. Well, and I, yeah, the the thing with in this episode with the the sibling relationship that I really enjoy is that you think you know exactly where Ben is coming from with, you know, his protectiveness, which I think was adorable and very, you know, well, well done. And and then Will comes to pick her up for the date and he, and he fills him in. He's like, okay, here's what's going on with my sister. And I do hope that the two of you, you know, this is what you need to not do, do, or it's what you need to do to, to not screw this up because I really, I want this to work out for the two of you. And of course realize that if you hurt her, I will kill you. You know, like, you know, like I, I like that it wasn't just like the, his, him being all alpha male and defensive and you shouldn't be going out with this guy. Uh, you know, I like that there was a little give and take. And the other thing about this episode that I have to mention is this is the first episode that has gotten like a genuine belly laugh from me. I love that intro with with BJ, uh, Lucy Punch, and, and the elephant and the dog who are friends. <laughs> that just like her her delayed reaction to that, the, the tears just killed me. So well done, Lucy Punch. I think I still think she's probably the highlight of the show for me, but I've I've yeah, I've also been enjoying Ben and Kate. Yeah. I think her with the daughter are the, the fun moments in the in the show. Uh I always like those interactions. Um but mm -hmm. I, I liked yeah, I liked Ben, you know, sort of stepping up but yeah, filling him in and then on the date you know, he's like <laughs> Here, I'll leave my watch in my wallet here at the table while I go to the bathroom so that you know that I'm not going to run out on you type of stuff. I thought was, he was like so self-conscious of what he was going to say or do uh, to to do something. That I thought that was uh, – it, it made it a, a lot of fun. I just really enjoy the show. It just – it has like a – it's funny, but it also has more of a like a sweet – uh, you know, balance to it. That's why I think it pairs so well with like raising hope, like the the two together. <laughs> you know, uh, just have you know they're both they're both funny in different ways, but yet they still have that underlying sort of like family, you know, sort of uh, uh, sweetness to them. That uh, you know, it's just a completely enjoyable show. It, it's it's so hard for me to believe though too that like people watch raising hope and then the ratings drop for Ben and Kate and then they pick back up for new girl. And you're just like, really, what are you doing in that intermediate half hour? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? right? I was like, oh, is, uh, that, 
Is I, that when happy endings? Happy, happy endings? Is, is no, that happy endings is on at the same time as New Girl. Oh yeah, then I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean the yeah nine o'clock. I mean, you have New Girl go on and Happy Endings all on at the freaking same time. Mm. Now, I, the last thing I'll say about uh, this Ben and Kate episode is I like that they left at least to me at least they left it somewhat ambiguous about uh, this Will's ex. You know, that situation. It's I like that it, it wasn't easy they could have just said oh she cheated on me and so i i left her um but they didn't you know i'd like that that's somewhat murky and i assume we're gonna get more interesting developments with that later but you know i'd like that that they didn't take the easy out in a way that i kind of expected they would yeah overall definitely definitely a show that you should you should check out you know just jump in you don't have to have watched every episode just uh don't change the channel if you're if you're actually watching (laughs) You know, just uh, just continue to watch, but uh, we'll we'll move on to uh, to happy endings, uh, season three, episode three, uh, boys to menorah, which, <laughs> which is, uh, I I really liked in this episode of seeing like Max actually really good at something, even though he ultimately sort of screws it up or whatever, but. Uh, so much of what you see is, is him not really being good at, at anything. But the the amount of fun that they have in such a completely ridiculous thing on this show is is too much. And the idea that the whole gang shows up to some bar mitzvah just to, just to watch their watch their friend do. Do like a little mini show, basically, is I think is hilarious. How about you, Kate? Well, yeah, I always like when they pair up Brad with Max. Uh, I also really enjoyed the um, the Saturday, you know, that where Max showed him how to do Saturday on the budget. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Max kind of way. Thing. Yeah, the, so those two getting into hijinks is always going to be entertaining for me. I, I still really don't care about Alex and Dave, and yet the, their subplot this week was more successful than I would have uh, anticipated, but I, I still feel, and, and I like that they're somewhat self-aware about it where, you know, with Alex, with Alex saying this week, don't you feel like we're doomed? It's like, you know, which I assume is what everybody is thinking watching this. I don't think, do you think there's anybody watching this who thinks those two are going to work out? <laughs> sure hope not. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's just because they let Alex be hilarious and <laughs> I have a ticket for, oh, uh, Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but I, it, it comes down to uh, Max and, and Brad for me though this week. And you know, Happy Endings is one of those, I think, really reliable shows. There's pro- I mean, Even if you don't like every character or every part of it every week, you're going to like something. Yeah, I, I like that with the where they're waiting for Alex to show up and they're like, well, maybe they she had a, a rush of customers at the store. And... <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then they both just completely lose it laughing about how ridiculous that that idea is. It's like a solid be. 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, that when uh, when Max and, and Brad do their first dance together, the, I, I just lost it. I thought that was so, so hilarious watching those two uh, do all their dance moves. And then... Um, Penny's storyline with her being like Jewish boy crack, I just thought was excellent. And like the scene when she's at the bar and the, and the guy tells her, "Oh, someone bought you a drink," because she 
first looks at the one guy, and then of course it's like this twelve-year-old uh, Jewish guy or uh, Jewish boy who who sent over the drink to her. I, I just and then she, her misunderstanding of what they wanted at the end of the episode. Um, I just thought that whole storyline was great. But uh, yeah, I think Penny is probably my favorite on the show. I think I, I usually whatever her story is, there's usually something uh, something uh, really hilarious going on. Yeah, Penny Absolutely. is my favorite character Mine on the too. show. I, yeah. I think I think over over the course of the show, she's they've developed her into yeah, definitely she gets into the the weird all the these different weird things. Um, but I. I like all the different characters to, you know, I think they, they've created a really good mix of, of characters on the show. And I don't necessarily like Dave and Alex and, but I really like uh, the Alex character in that who would have ever thought that Elisha Cuthbert would be this good at playing like sort of the dumb character. Oh, because she's hilarious. It's so great to see her actually get to do that, get to be good. Like, now I understand why she was ever cast in anything, because she can be great. But yet, they, this is, like, different than what they do with, like, Andy on, I don't think they overuse it, or make her, you know, so that she's too stupid that you don't believe that she would be able to, you know, do anything in life, you know? (laughs) Like, Like, you wonder how... You know, Andy makes it to in you know even into work. You know, <laughs> you alone. wonder how he hasn't killed himself yet yeah. accidentally. But yeah, but I I think they use it to to great effect. Where you know you, they, and maybe like one or two lines someplace where she doesn't quite get something, or you know, or she says something else because she think you know of just the way they do it. I think works really well. Um, but yeah, I. I think what this show does so well is they just is they they take a any type of situation and they just go overboard with it. But yet on this show, it works. And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's my favorite comedy right now. Like it's the one that I look forward to, you know, most out of all the comedies that I'm watching right now. And then uh, we'll move over to uh, its competition in the. uh, in the same time period and talk a little bit about new girl, uh, season two, episode seven, uh, Menzies. And, uh, Seems appropriate that we'll start with you, Kyle. What'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, this and the mini project, we both got topics that, uh, yeah, I, I can really, really uh, associate with. Well, um, have you it, ever felt like Winston before? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I have. <laughs> but, I, I mean, overall, New Girl, I think it's it's hit or miss with me. In this episode, I it just wasn't, um, it wasn't my cup of tea, uh, I I didn't um I mean there was one part that had me laughing which was um when Jess just starts bawling her eyes out at the picture of the dog in the cup uh, on the desk <laughs> and then once she finds out that the dog is dead she just loses it even worse <laughs> I mean that was like the highlight of the episode for me but other than that um it, I I didn't really care for this episode Oh, I like this one. I, I enjoyed uh, uh, Nick being all blissed out. I, I like the continuation of what we've gotten with Cece and and Schmidt. I enjoy, I've enjoyed the the character growth so far that we've been getting for Cece 
uh, the fact that she's with, I don't even remember his name, her current boyfriend is a complete departure from where that character was at previous, se- you know, last season. Uh, and, and so I think it's been really interesting, and I'm glad they didn't go the way I expected them to with that this this uh, this week. Well, about halfway through, you kind of see where they're, where they're going, but still, I, I, I enjoyed that part of it as well. Um, I think, you know, it's nice to see them actually give Winston something to do, and I like uh, that he's... Uh, you know, he's sort of, he's been in a, the character's been in a funk for a while, but I like that, you know, they're trying to figure out the character. I do feel like Winston is the character that is the least established and the least set, and I hope that they're going to kind of get all the pieces together with him soon, but I still, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this episode, and I enjoyed the show. Yeah, I I thought I thought the Winston storyline was great, though, the, that he, he kept trying to convince everybody because he'd read it on the internet. That he, that he had sympathy for it's, it's real. <laughs> it's a real thing. And that he's just like totally commiserating with Jess throughout the, the whole episode. But then, you know, you come to find at the end of it that he's really, he's just heartbroken. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's why he's... Uh, but I, I, I really liked the Nick storyline. I about... If, if I would have been drinking something, I would have done a spit take. When it went to the him with the guy in the spa, <laughs> where he he's just like like cradling him and moving him around, <laughs> and then he just like he becomes like a little bit more happy, and he decides that that's what Jess needs, <laughs> and then him trying to, and then him trying to recreate, but not quite exactly <laughs> doing it the same way. <laughs> With Jess in in the in the hot tub, that was. I thought that was hilarious. Apparently, the hot tub humor is is now working for Kyle uh, this week. But uh, yeah. no, I, I I enjoyed you know each of the, there was the, those three you know the rule of the rule of threes right. So I enjoyed that you know progression and ending with Winston and the tag too was was nice. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it was I think it was a good one. But my 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 line of the fall from any comedy right now is still um, from a few weeks ago, new girl talking about how uh, Ikea furniture is like high stakes Legos. That is still my, uh, my, my line of the fall. So I, I think I'm, I'm more high on new girl than, than Kyle is. And maybe I'm about at the same place as you, Jason. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. it. The the thing is, is that there's, I mean, I end up recording all of it anyways or whatever, but uh like three of my favorite comedies are all playing at the same time on <laughs> freaking Tuesday night. Yeah, for for me, I think um, Jess is the one is the one character who happens to be the title character who I just don't care for as much as like the other characters. But so it's strange that this week it was a scene of hers that I uh, that I actually like yeah. the best. Yeah, it's definitely a sign of what happens sometimes in comedies or is that they had an idea and so the show was called new girl but ultimately they what they hit on is that this is really an ensemble and that what works best is is all the different characters and so it's one of those that now you look at it and you go the title doesn't even make any sense really <laughs> to like mm-hmm. to like what the show uh, is now compared to uh you know what it uh, originally looked like it was going to be. All right, 
And we'll move on to the last show on our list, which is also the last comedy on Tuesdays on uh, on Fox. Uh, the Mindy Project, Season 1, Episode 5. Uh, Danny Castellano is my gynecologist. This show seems to be uh, hit or miss for most people. I, I, I like it. I don't know. I, I guess I like her, even if her character is not necessarily totally likable. What do you think of Mindy Project, Kate? I like it. I, I've enjoyed it. I do think it has been more hit or miss than I was hoping or that I, uh, you know, expected. But I no, I very much enjoy it, and um, I guess it, it helps. I love chick flicks, or I, I should say, I shouldn't say that. I should say I love romantic comedies because <laughs> the good ones are romantic comedies, and then there are good chick flicks and terrible chick flicks, and I don't bother with the terrible ones, but I do like the good ones. And so, so you know, when we get references, you know, in there to the different ch- uh, chick flicks, either I have watched it and loved it, or I have not seen it, but I still get the reference. So there's that extra added element that. I'm just going to assume that you guys might not share the with me, but uh, so you know, there's that element as well. But I, you know, I love Mindy Kaling, and I think when they uh, when when they did a good job assembling this cast, uh, though I, I mean, it's kind of a shame they they were criminally underusing Anna Camp. I mean, why do you have Anna Camp in your cast and you don't use her? I don't I don't understand that. But aside from that, I I, you know, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was interesting. This one has kind of been shuffled around the season a few times. It was originally listed uh, as like episode four or something like that of the season. And uh, it's, you know, because I, for the Televerse, I look up several weeks in advance what all the episode titles are going to be. And this one has jumped around. So, And you can see that in the episode um, because the, it starts with that scene with Josh, I want to say, the, the new boyfriend, yep. which... That the thing with the pants was hilarious, uh, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> as far as I was concerned. But then we later have her, say, you know, saying that she hasn't had sex in in a, a really a really long time. So it was clear that they had kind of like spliced two different you know things together there in the episode. But um, no, I thought it was good, and I like that they haven't gone overly into the Mindy and Danny thing that I think we all know is coming. Um, so I don't know. I thought it, you know, I was a little into, I was a little bit, you know, dreading this just because it'd been shuffled so much, but I, I thought it worked. Yeah, for me, I didn't even notice uh, that it had been shuffled. It didn't feel like that at all to me. Um, I do, I do enjoy romantic comedies, so I, I, I think the show is great. I, I was a little iffy when I saw the pilot whether or not because that had all those weird dream sequences, but I think they've done a, a great job after they got rid of that. I think the show has been great. Uh, this whole, this episode, the whole playing chicken between Mindy and Danny I thought it worked really well the way they keep trying to up the stakes and and try to con- convince or convince that the other one's going to break before um emotional I, chicken <laughs> and I loved I loved the scene when he's giving her the breast exam and he's looking only at her eyes and she's like hey hey I stand there <laughs> like I just lost it when uh at that scene but I I think the show is great I I love the characters I love the the whole relationship between them and I think uh Mindy's been I was afraid of, she I was gonna find her annoying but I think she's just hilarious yeah, I I thought it was funny. Yeah, when she she comes out of the exam room as you know winner, that <laughs> she won, and he keeps like I I'll be gone the rest of the day. I won't be here tomorrow. I'm gonna be gone for a week. <laughs> He's like, I just can't. He just can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I think if they made it, I mean, granted the. Sh- 
it complaining that like it revolves too much around Mindy. The show is called the Mindy Project, uh, so you know that's going to happen. But I think if they made it a little bit more of an ensemble, I like the episode when they all like when they sort of all went out to the bar. You know, you know where they were all together. Uh, I thought that that worked pretty well. Overall, I think it's funny. I just there's usually two or three times that I laugh out loud at something that at some reference that Mindy makes or something that she says. And like, I don't know what people are always looking for, but you know, if a comedy makes me laugh, I can't really ask for much more than that <laughs> because there are plenty of comedies that don't, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think it, it given a chance that it may, you know, the be able to find its way, find the right balance. I I think that the other thing is that it's sort of been the one that's sort of been a little bit preempted or whatever, or has played a little bit less than the rest of the shows on the, on the night. So it's been a little harder to, uh, to get into it as they're already, you know, you know, seven episodes in on, on some of the other ones. And yet, you know, you're only on episode five for, uh, for the Mindy project. So it's been, uh, it's been a little harder to, to keep up with it even more so on Fox with, the whole night has been off at, you know, through the world series and stuff like that. So it's been since the beginning of the season that you've only gotten five episodes of it. It's a little hard to, uh, to really say much about it. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that it's already gotten picked up for a full season though. So at least, you know, I assume we're going to have one season of television <laughs> of, of entertaining episodes from, from them. I think really Fox has done a, pretty darn good job putting together their Tuesday night comedies. I think that's pretty much the night, the comedy night that wins, at least right now. If you're going to pick one channel and go pick a night, I think you got to pick Tuesdays on Fox. Yeah, well, I think, to me, I think it's the best two-hour block. It doesn't get the ratings that ABC Wednesday does, but... Yeah, see, I think ABC Wednesday is still my top my top comedy block, if I had to pick one. Except yeah. I, I'm, except suburgatory, I could if I could trade in happy endings for uh, instead of suburgatory, it would be perfect. Well, see, for me, I don't, I watch Modern Family and suburgatory. I don't even watch the first hour. Oh, I think I, I think uh, the middle is great, and same with the neighbors. But that's another oh, story. Oh God! <laughs> now, are you telling me the neighbors got better? Oh, I thought it got so much better, even with the second terrible, episode. Terrible show is, uh, you know, like, maybe, I don't know if you have changed where all of a sudden that terrible show is now funny to you or if the show has changed. Uh, no, I mean, I, I didn't hate the, uh, there's an Amory phrase, <laughs> I didn't hate, the, I didn't hate the pilot, but I thought, it, I thought it's gotten funnier each week as it goes along. I, I've just enjoyed it more and more, but. Yeah, I don't uh, know if it got better, if it got funnier by a factor of five or ten, it's still, you're still at zero. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I haven't checked back in, so maybe it's improved. Like you're saying, you you really are enjoying it now. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely take any of these Tuesday shows over the over the neighbors. Well, yeah, well, right now you have you have uh, ABC has two hours on Wednesday, NBC has two hours on Thursday, Fox has two hours on Tuesday, and CBS has two hours of comedies on Monday, and. The Fox Tuesday lineup is the only one where I watch all four. There you go. On all the other ones, I watch I watch Parks and Rec. It's pretty much the only thing I'm watching on NBC right now. I watch 30 Rock, but and, yeah. Uh, and then 
Modern Family and Suburgatory, and then How I Met Your Mother, and then I still subject myself to Two Broke Girls. Yeah, see, I don't know. I gave Kyle some crap there about the neighbors. Really? <laughs> I mean, Two two Broke Girls? I, I still watch it, too. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, and How I Met Your Mother, how would you not, you know, said we had some good times, but to, to How I Met Your Mother? <laughs> And I, I own some of that on DVD. I don't buy DVDs lightly, but How I, I Met Your Mother to... is totally a completionist type thing. It's like I've watched it this far. There's no point in giving up on it now. Now is yes, this supposed is. to be the it's final? Good. Is this <laughs> supposed to be the final season of How I Met Your Mother, or no, it's I'm still? Sh- I'm sure they're going to renew it. It should be the final season of How I Met Your Mother, but they haven't. They haven't it said yet. It should be a negative two. At least. <laughs> it's a negative five. See, I've gotten to the point where I'm hoping it is like The Office last year, but they still got another season this year, so I'm still watching again. Yeah, I think the network, because it still does relatively well, uh, would like to do another season. But I think even most of the people that are on it and that produce it and that write it would like to finish it. But the thing is, is where they're they're at a point right now where – you know, they kind of need to know, <laughs> like, yeah. are we writing to a conclusion or are we stringing this along for another 24 hours? Yeah, you don't episodes. just want like a one minute at the end. Oh, and that's your mother. <laughs> no, really. I feel like that's how they're going to have to do it. Because if they were going to build to it, I mean, they, they already passed up the part where they were going to build to it. Well, I think that the way this season started is it started in such a way that it looked like this season was going to be them building to it, like finally. But yet. It hasn't been announced yet, you know, like, you're just like, but at, at a certain point, you know, you've got to know whether you're going to continue on that path or whether you're going to put more roadblocks in the way. Well, what? they don't seem to have any problem coming up with ridiculous and <laughs> terrible roadblocks. So, yeah. Yeah. And at what point do the kids just get off the couch and say, forget it, this story is too long? <laughs> well, I did last season, so... <laughs> I would anyways. Sorry, I don't mean to give you guys too hard time. I, I'm watching plenty of shows that I'm sure are not necessarily ones that you would enjoy. So I, I, I really shouldn't be throwing name one. stone. Name one. I watch way too many shows that I should <laughs> name, just drop. Yeah. Name a show. Oh. Name a show you think I don't watch that is terrible <laughs> that you watch. Oh, I don't. I don't watch any shows that I think are terrible. But uh, <laughs> I watch uh, Children's and NTSF, uh, which you know, SDSUV on on Adult Swim. Um, I watch Squidbillies when it pops up, which is when we don't usually ever talk about. How about The Voice? I watch The Voice. I watched. I like the blind auditions, and then I quit watching after that. <laughs> I I deleted the season pass as soon as I said we've got three episodes this week. I'm like, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have I have a yell at my TV, uh, positive and negative, like a love hate yell at my TV relationship with The Voice, uh, which is entertaining, particularly because I, I watch it with uh, with with members of my family, and we're all music people to various degrees, uh, you know, either professional or amateur musicians. So we we feel very strongly about our opinions. And so we, we like to feel superior and or, you know, f- congratulate them for, for, for getting it right uh, when we watch the show. So that would be my guilty pleasure pick, I think. All right. Well, I think uh, that'll about wrap up uh, this episode. <laughs> of... <laughs> so you have me on. We go, we go long. <laughs> this is going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I could I could continue on, but you know, I don't think people would listen to like a five hour podcast. Yeah, 
don't want to break your podcast. <laughs> then you become the TV Talk podcast, which is one episode a month for three hours. Good job. So uh, we'll have uh, where you can find uh, Kate and Kyle uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 159. And as always, you can uh, find us on uh, Twitter at tvtimes3 and on Facebook, facebook.com slash tvtimes3. And uh, next week, uh, Amy from tvgal.com, who is also at amytvgal on Twitter, uh, will be joining Amory and I uh, to talk a little uh, TV. Probably a little TV since uh, there'll be less TV on this coming <laughs> this coming week with the uh, Thanksgiving uh, with the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, but with that, I'd like to say thanks again for both of you uh, coming on the show. Thanks for thanks having, for having me, me. It's always fun. And uh, with that, uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Streets Makers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And that'll do it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? Nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.